Our scripture text this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 57, through chapter 10, verse 2. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We're in Luke 9 and continuing in our study and thinking uh, this morning about following Jesus and really uh, being a disciple of Jesus and what exactly does that mean. Um, this is a hard teaching. I actually listened to a friend that was preaching through a series called The Hard Teachings of Jesus, and this was one that he included because it is something that's challenging to us. Challenging to us as Christians, challenging to those who aren't Christians. To think about what Jesus is asking people to do when you follow him and when you really are a believer. Well, it's been a tough week for me because my Atlanta Braves lost. I'm still upset about it. John Kenny and I were commiserating yesterday about this. Um, and if you're a Braves fan, you know that they had a great season and then they didn't do well in the playoffs. So that's game over, right? But imagine that you went and you were going to start uh, for a team and you were being recruited, uh, kind of like Coach West does in recruiting people. And you were being recruited by a team and your uh, former coach or, or possible coach comes to you and says, okay, uh, here's what our team is like. We lose a lot. In fact, we're probably going to lose most of our games. You're not going to get to see your family. In fact, if one of your family members passes away, you can't go to the funeral. And you probably will be really broke. Most of the time, you're not going to have any money. Want to be on our team? Most people would say, no, <laughs> who's next, right? Well, this is what Jesus is doing here. He's saying to be a part of my team, here are the things you got to give up. It's not easy. In fact, you're going to do things, you're going to go places, and you're ultimately going to see me die. If you remember last week, Jesus said that his face was set toward Jerusalem. So think about that. People were coming to him and saying, I want to follow you. 
And he's saying, okay, here's where I'm going. I'm going to die. Jesus is upping the commitment level here. He's been talking to people. He's got people following him. He's about to send out 72. And he keeps raising the bar. He keeps saying, it's not easy to follow me. It's not easy to be a Christian. And throughout the Gospel of Luke, he keeps saying these things. If we look back at Luke 9.23, he said, anyone who comes after me must first deny himself take up his cross, and follow me. Not easy. Challenging. But let's be honest, we kind of read these passages and we're like, okay, Jesus is going to calm down, right? He's going to say some hard stuff, and then he'll get the team in, and then he'll be like, you know what, let's relax a little bit. No. (laughs) He keeps raising the bar. He keeps saying, this is what it means to be my disciple. And you may hear that and think, why? Why is he so hard? Why is he so difficult in these conversations? Because he's the Lord. Because the standard is very high to be a follower of Jesus. And Jesus keeps saying, look, see how holy I really am. See who I truly am. And then see if you really want to follow me. When I was in college, I um, was at a campus meeting, Christian campus meeting, and I heard a girl share her testimony, and she used an illustration that I'll never forget. She said that when she was in high school that she liked Jesus and she kind of said, you know, Jesus was part of my life, but he was kind of sitting in the back seat of my life. She said, when I got to college, I handed him the keys. And I finally said to Jesus, my life is yours. And she said, now I'm in the back and he's driving my life. He's driving my car, so to speak. That's what Jesus is saying here. Hand me the keys. You don't know where we're going. Hand me the keys. Give me everything. And get in the back. This is what it means to follow me. This is what it means to be a Christian. And and I think it's important, too, to point out that a lot of times we hear people talk about disciple And that isn't a super Christian. A disciple is a Christian, a normal Christian. We have to hand Jesus our keys to be a Christian. And Jesus is very clear about that here. As three men come to him and say, I want to follow you, and he rejects all three of them and says, no. That's what I want to point out this morning, three lessons for us about truly following Jesus and his mission. First of all, calling over comfort. Second, following over family. And then third, willingness over work. First, notice with me, calling over 
comfort and look at verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. This first man, this first interaction here was with a scribe. So he, he's kind of like a professional, but he also was a record keeper uh, and a religious man. Uh, more than likely a wealthy man, had good standing in the community. And when he's coming to Jesus, he's thinking about what he's saying, and he's, and he's calculating in a lot of ways of what he wants to say to Jesus. Because he wants to follow Jesus because Jesus is a good teacher. He wants Jesus' ethics. He's determined to come to him. And you would think at this point that Jesus would say, yeah, great. Here's the sales pitch, right? If you're my disciple, this is what we'll do. It's great. You know, he's trying to sell him on being a disciple. Jesus does the opposite. And he says something very unexpected to the man. I don't have a place to live. I don't have a place to go. And what Jesus is saying to him is that my, my life and my home is not here on earth. And he says, look at the kingdom of God. What Jesus is communicating to this man is that if he follows Jesus, that his life is going to be difficult, not comfortable. His life won't be fulfilled here on earth. And that he's got to be committed to the mission of Jesus if he's going to follow Jesus. So often I think people come to Jesus and think that Jesus is a good self-help plan. If I'll go to church, if I'll commit to Jesus, my life will get better. He'll help me. He'll be in the back, or I'll be in the front driving, and he'll be in the back along the way with me. No. He's very clear here. If you're going to follow me, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're, you're going to do things that are difficult. And that man did not want to follow Jesus. He went on to the next person. I have a friend right now who's very much like this. My friend likes Jesus, likes forgiveness, but he doesn't want to give up anything to follow Jesus. And even made the comment to me, I think Jesus wants me to be happy and wouldn't ask me to give these things up. Y'all, that is not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, come die. Come give your life to me. Give up things. Sacrifice things. Not because you think it's best, but because I told you to do it. That's when we know that we're a Christian. That's when we know that we're following Jesus. And hear this. That's the bad news of it. The good news is that when we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, what do we get? Everything. Matthew 6.33 says it so clearly. Seek His kingdom first and all of these things will be added unto you. All of the things that you long for and desire. 
But not those things first, not comfort first, not ease first. Me first. Follow me. And then you find security, and then you find enjoyment. Because of course we want what's comfortable. Of course we want the ease of life. But Jesus is saying, seek me, and I'll add these things to your life. So first notice this lesson of following Jesus and not pursuing worldly comfort. Secondly, notice following Jesus over family. Look at verse 59. To another, he said, follow me. But this man said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. What is this man asking Jesus to do? He's saying, I want to follow you, but I need to go home first. I need to go take care of my family, bury my father. Now, some commentators would say it wasn't just a funeral that the man was asking to go home and take care of his father before the father died. So he would be gone for an extended period of time. Regardless, this man is saying, I want to go on my family's mission, and then I'll be on your mission. And Jesus is actually harsh with him. And he says, let the dead bury the dead. Now, he's not talking about physical dead here. He's talking about spiritual dead. Let the spiritual dead bury the dead. Don't think that I'm going to put my mission aside so that you can be on your family's mission. No. You don't understand. Now, does this mean that we shouldn't take care of our family? Of course not. But what it means is that we should follow Jesus and obey Jesus first, not our family not putting the pressure on our family that our family can't handle, but putting the pressure on Jesus first. One commentator said it this way, this does not imply that Jesus' followers can never care for their family obligations, but when they do, it must be out of obedience to Jesus, not instead of obedience to Jesus. I hope you hear that. But Jesus tells us, take care of your family, but not choosing them over me, ever. There are decisions that we have to make that people in our family might not like because we're following Jesus. And there are times that we need to seek to love our family more aggressively because Jesus has told us to. We're putting the pressure in the right place. Is it possible that we struggle with relationships with family because we choose family over Jesus? Is it possible that we're putting pressure on family that family can't handle? Is it possible that we could be making our family's mission more important than the mission of Jesus. And therefore, we have difficulty in our family. Think of it this way. I brought something up here to illustrate. 
Think if I sat in this chair. (laughs) If I put this chair up in front of the communion table and I decided to sit in it in front of you, how would you respond? You'd probably back up. (laughs) You'd probably be alarmed. Why? That chair was never built to hold me. The pew is, but not a kitty chair. We're putting too much pressure on our family, and our family can't handle it. When we put our family above Jesus, it'll splinter. You could apply this to relationships, period. To friendships, to other people, to coworkers. They're kitty chairs. But you can imagine that Jesus is a throne, a huge seat. He can take all of it, He can take all the pressure, put it on Him. Choose his mission, choose him, choose him first. And see all of these things added unto you. Jesus is strong and Jesus talks about his kingdom, his riches. He's able to take the pressure and the positions of family instead of putting that pressure on the people in your family. So notice this comfort. Notice the family. Also notice business and work here and the question of the mission of Jesus. Look at verse 61 with me as we think of the willingness over work. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Now, This man is now saying to Jesus, I need to go home, but not for a funeral. I need to go home and take care of my business. Um, It might have been a family business. It could have been that he needed to provide for his family before he followed Jesus. He needed to sell something, whatever. But it was money money, and it was about finances here. And so Jesus is saying to the man then in 62, Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus gives him a work illustration back. This man's saying, I need to go work. Jesus is saying, this is how you work. You put your hand to the plow, to my mission. And this is something that Jesus responds to him in thinking about this man not knowing what to do. Jesus is saying, stay focused on my mission. Not yes, but yes only. Jesus, again, is giving this guy the example that you can't put your work above me. And I could pull the chair out again and say this is true about people with work. Too much pressure on your job, too much pressure on money. It can't handle it. But Jesus can. And what I hope you see 
is that the reason you get up and go to work, the reason that you try to make money, is for the kingdom of God. Saying, here are the keys, Jesus. What do you want me to do? I want you to go do this. To build the kingdom. To see the kingdom of God expand. Not to ask Jesus to bless your business so that you can have your own mission. No. Jesus is saying, this is what it looks like to be my disciple. Building my kingdom. Knowing that I am the king of this kingdom. And what Jesus is doing too in talking about the kingdom is he's saying, look up. I wish that we would have been there with him as he's saying this, because I think what he would have said is focus on the kingdom of God, and he pointed up. Just say, think about heaven. Put your mind above, not on this earth, above. Because, y'all, when we get to heaven, work will make sense. Because we will work. Isaiah says it clearly. The pre-fall condition, Adam and Eve worked before sin came into the world. We're going to go to heaven and we're going to work. But not because we have to. Because we want to. To enjoy things. We will have a perfect family in the kingdom. (laughs) We will not put too much pressure on people. We will not get our feelings hurt over things. Perfect family. And we will have perfect comfort in heaven. For the first time in your life, you'll be able to sit back, put your feet up, and not have to worry about anything. Jesus is saying, look at that now. Build this kingdom. Let that be in your heart. And seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of this will be added unto you. You can have that now. You can enjoy this now. Build the kingdom. Look to the kingdom. So what I hope you see from this passage is the call of discipleship, the call to lay things down for the sake of Jesus, and to and really to say to Jesus, you're first, here are the keys. And then to know that offered to you is greatness, all those things that you desire, but not putting them in the place of Jesus, the Lord and King of all. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you do call us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and that we have the privilege to work for your kingdom. We have the privilege to be on your mission Help us this morning, Lord, to refocus, to put on the blinders, to see what you want us to do, and to know that your honor and glory are more important than anything else. So we pray, Lord, that this word would sink deep into our heart and that it would grow and produce much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen.